0: Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalo, and on this show I interview artists, healers, change makers, and entrepreneurs about what fires them up and how they put their dreams into action. And I'm very excited to have as my guest today author, psychologist, and executive coach who is going to help us how to make the best when we're stressed. Welcome, Christina Hallett. Hi, it's wonderful to be here. I'm so happy to have you here because so many of the things that you speak about are really close to my heart. So tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: I help driven professionals do more of what they love with who they love by learning to be stress smart and become their own best friend.
0: I love that, stress smart,
1: because... We can't live a life without stress, right? All the time, there are these thoughts or these Facebook posts, all sorts of things that say, reduce your stress, reduce your stress. Now, I'm not saying that that's a bad idea. I'm all about reducing stress. But that, I think, encourages us to believe that we could have a stress-free life. And from my perspective, if we had a stress-free life, we wouldn't be living anymore. So in fact, what we need to do is recognize that stress is a part of our lives and that we can deal with stress in a positive way to utilize the power and the energy that comes from stress that enters into
0: our life. I'd love to jump a little deeper into that. Yeah. So so describe what it is about, what we what is it that we think stress is and what is it not and so how do we Become stress smart
1: sure. There's a couple things first of all when we think stress We're usually thinking something negative that's happening, right? So we think oh uh, I didn't get the promotion that I want or My relationship isn't working some sort of thing or there was a car accident We we immediately bring to mind things that are difficult or that feel overwhelming but stress comes from positive things as well. So anyone who's ever gotten married or tried to buy a house or gotten the promotion also knows that those bring stress even when they're really exciting and wonderful events. Because stress is about something moving us out of the norm, out just off of that particular moment that we're in. And so we can become stress smart by approaching stress from a whole different mindset. It's really about looking at our perspective and saying let's shift this around. So for example one of the things that we've typically said and that we've taught for years is when I'm stressed, I can't think. There's truth to that, meaning when our limbic system and our amygdala is firing under stress, it's harder to connect to our prefrontal cortex. It's harder to think about outside things So if I'm dealing with a stressful event and someone says, where do you want to go for dinner? I'm like, oh, I just can't think. Don't ask me. So that's true. But a different way of looking at that is that stress, whatever the stress is, increases your energy, increases your attention and focus on the thing you're looking at. And probably most importantly, it's a sign that the thing that you're paying attention to, that's sort of the object of the stress, that has meaning and importance to you. And so when we take that perspective, we're able to then move with and around stress in a different
0: way. I wanna go one step even further. So let's say when people are stressed and they are thinking about one thing over and over and over, Can you tie that into what you just said about what that may mean for us, or Mm -hmm. how do you work with it? Because I know for a lot of people, it feels like, I just want to stop thinking about this. I want to stop thinking about my finances, or... Of course, whatever it is, right?
1: So the bottom line that we now know from neuroscience is that whatever fires together, wires together. And the shortest, most understandable version of that is, We create neural pathways all the time. We literally can teach an old dog new tricks because we all have the ability, we have brain cell growth that we didn't used to think that we have, but we do, and we have the ability to learn new things and form new pathways. So that's really good news. But our brain does not differentiate, hey, that's gonna be a positive pathway, that one not so much. So from our brain's perspective, solely from the neural pathways, Wherever you put your resources, that's what you get more of. So, rumination is repetition. And if you think of this, repetition is the resourcing, it's strengthening that pathway. It's sort of, I talk about pathways as sort of like a country track and then a superhighway. So the path, let's say, to stress or the way that you have typically ruminated, that's the superhighway. Mm -hmm. So the more you ruminate, it's like you're sending your road crew out to smooth out that road and to make it even faster. It went from a 55-mile, now it's a 65-mile-an-hour pathway. Keep going, and that pathway gets faster and faster and faster. So the more we repeat, ruminate, whatever it is that we're going over and over again, that's the pathway we're strengthening. So it makes perfect sense that when I'm worried about finances and I keep worrying about finances, it's going to be faster and easier for my brain to worry about finances. Now we also know from science that you can't just say, I won't think about that because we all know the minute that you do that, you're thinking about that, right? There was a great experiment called the white bear experiment, but you you can also think of it as the pink elephant. Don't think about pink elephants. The very act of trying not to think about pink elephants, you're now thinking about pink elephants or white bears, whichever way you want to look at it. So instead, what we need is a way to shift our thoughts mindfully to something that we can do something about. So I'm worried about finances and I'm worried about finances, one option is really to take a breath, just like that, a brief, quick intervention that says slow down for a second. Then we want to acknowledge and accept that's a concern, okay, I see you, I'm not trying to pretend that you're not there, okay worry, I get it, you're there, and now what action can I take, what choice do I have, and how would I like to move forward? And if it isn't something that I have control over, like the weather, then instead we take maybe another couple of breaths and say, okay, this is not a thing I have control over, but what is something that I do?
0: Great. <laughs> I know, that's a lot,
1: right? All at once, I'm like, here, it's strategies and ways to do this. Yeah. But I think understanding how the pathways in our brain works makes a really big difference because all of a sudden we have more of a sense of being able to be effective in what we think, how we feel, and then ultimately the actions that we take and the choices that we make.
0: Yeah. So let's say you have these neuropathways that are well-worn and they're smooth and fast. What is it, like how do we start to create these other neuropathways so that they become more of our pathway of choice? Mm -hmm. You mentioned the country...
1: country lane lane yeah yeah so let's say that I know that what I tend to do is if I have a stressor come up I think about it over and over again and I can't get it out of my head but what I would like to do instead is I'd like to be living a healthier life right so two different things right maybe I'd like to move my body more I have a choice for example of saying oh when I feel stress I take a few breaths And then that's a time where I make a plan to go for a walk or to find some way to move my body. Maybe I do a few chair yoga poses or sign up for a class. But what I'm doing is I'm literally creating a different way of responding. Mm -hmm. And the more I repeat that way of responding, that becomes the road that's being resourced. And as I keep doing that over and over again, I'm not resourcing my superhighway, so maybe the tarmac is getting a little cracked, and my country road becomes the one that's getting the better pavement and the clear lines and the Mm. faster speed limit.
0: Mm. So it's not even a matter of making huge changes. It's a matter of making many, even small, choices.
1: Most of my work is geared with people around small things that they can do that are Free or very low cost that are easy to access and that are implementable virtually anywhere in your life. Because that's literally how we go about making changes. Mm -hmm. We always want to set ourselves up for success. So if I say, think about New Year's resolutions, I'm going to go to the gym six days a week. You know that's not happening. It might happen maybe for somewhere two to three weeks, but then that's going to fall off. But how can I set myself up for success and plan a small intervention that I'm going to be able to repeat and then build off of that intervention so that I get to the goal that I want. Maybe I really do want to be moving my body five days a week. But if I expect that from myself right away and I'm not fully in and permanently committed and have made every single change in my life to support that, then it's probably not gonna
0: pan out that way. Mm -hmm. And then we're disappointed
1: right and then we get into the negative self talk
0: ah right.
1: you know i can't ever have a conversation without going here it's sort of my thing because one of the things that we all do is that we get caught up in negative thinking so that's part of the pathways and it's just sort of how we interact as people in within ourselves and so it's very common for someone to encounter an obstacle or a potential obstacle and then think ah I can't do that, or I'm no good at this, or this won't work out. Even, and the example I use is, if I'm walking down the street and I stumble, it's very likely that my first thought is like, I'm such an idiot, why did I fall? I look stupid, all of those kind of negative things. And the key is that we don't speak to the people that we care about and love in that same voice, right? We just don't do that. If you're walking down the street with me and you stumble, I'm not going to say, wow, you're an idiot. I can't believe you did that. You look stupid. I'm going to say, oh, are you okay? What, I, can I help you? Or maybe we'll just both laugh together, right? So using literally the technique, and this is a brain pathway technique as well, but literally we notice when we're saying something negative and then stopping and saying, oh, that's me doing that thing. Wait a minute. How would I say this to somebody I love and care about? And then actually going through the motions of saying to yourself, maybe even out loud if you're really wanting to do this, oh, that's okay, it's not a problem, or you're fine, or ha everybody falls sometime.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I actually use this technique as well in my work with helping people get comfortable <laughs> presenting themselves. And I call it the best friend test.
1: That's exactly yeah. what it is, right? Yeah. And there's so much psychological science behind it. And that's one of the things that I love, even in terms of moving out into the coaching world, right, just out of straight psychotherapy, is saying there's so much research going on. There's so much new information that we're learning that we're able to pull together from the social sciences and then apply to our real lives, because that's the life we're living, yes. is our real life.
0: Yes, absolutely. We have our work life, but our work life is our lives. Right, it's who we are. Yes, yeah, for sure.
1: absolutely. I,
0: I want to like look back on your your journey to get to this place a little bit because I mean you're so passionate about what you do. I know that there's a story behind it.
1: Oh, there certainly is. Tell us. I will. So <laughs> I just laugh because this is a for me it's very funny. There's two parts to the story and one is that I knew since I was five years old and so did everyone around me that I was gonna be a pediatrician. Now, you didn't introduce me as a pediatrician because guess what, I'm not. But literally, that's what I was gonna do. So I had a very clear pathway, that's what I worked towards. When I went to school at Wellesley College, I was a biology major. I literally added a psychology major on for fun, as a double major. And then I was in a medical school interview, I'd taken all, I'd taken organic chemistry. Who does that? I'd taken organic, I'd taken my medical college admission tests, I'd done everything. In an interview, someone said, why do you want to go to medical school? And there was this moment where somehow my brain allowed me to keep talking, so they didn't know what happened. And inside, what happened was, I'm like, I don't want to go to medical school. Some of my psychology professors had said, why don't you go into psychology? And I literally walked out of the interview, somehow, I don't remember it, but nobody ever emailed me or you know, wrote me a letter and said, wow, I can't believe you did that. So I somehow managed it. And went home, called my family and said, hey, guess what, uh, I'm going to go to grad school in psychology. So that piece of the story is important because for me to shift from what everyone always knew I was going to do, that was really hard. And I didn't quite understand how it is that I made that shift. It was the right choice for me, and I'm really glad I did it. In some ways, I sort of feel like it was divine intervention because suddenly I was on a different path, and it was really uncomfortable to think, oh, everybody knew this. I told everyone this. It wasn't a secret, and now suddenly I was doing something really different. So I went on, became a psychologist, worked with adolescents, with adults, all sorts of different situations. I worked in a prison, I ran inpatient units, outpatient mental health clinics, and my own private practice. Love doing that, Love being with people. Really helpful, got great feedback. But inside of me, there was still that negative voice. So, that same negative voice that I heard throughout my life, that I just gave you an example of when I changed what I was going to do with my life, continued on so that I was the person who when I stumbled I did say that's so stupid I can't believe you did that and it was automatic I literally didn't stop it would I would just hear it so on the one hand I had a lot of confidence and a feeling of assurance in who I was and how I was professionally and I had good friends and and a good life but that self-doubt was really alive And then there was the moment, and we talked about this, the moment where I was in SeaWorld with my husband, and it's sort of this defining moment for me. I'd practiced some other little things leading up to it. But that moment, I'm um, in the gift store, it was pretty crowded, and they had a whole rack of these all different animal hats. And I took one out and I put it on. And I saw myself in the mirror and I just started laughing because it absolutely looked ridiculous. And my husband turns around and he sees me he's like, what are you doing? Take that off. You look ridiculous. Which made me laugh harder because the look on his face was actually hysterically funny. I'm like, oh, now I was even in more hysterics, and people were noticing. He's like, shh, shh people are noticing you. Like, stop. And my miracle occurred right then, because in that moment I realized it didn't matter. It didn't matter if anyone saw me, thought I looked foolish. It didn't matter what was going on. I was laughing and thankfully being flooded with dopamine, right? Because that's what happens when we laugh. But I was having fun and I didn't have that voice criticizing me inside my head. And it was this true gift of all I can do is be me. So that's what I have to take responsibility for is being me and living as me and treating myself the exact way that I've been treating other people.
0: Mm. And so
1: things progress from there.
0: So from you were still Practicing as a psychologist, Mm -hmm. now you also work, or you work as an executive coach. Mm -hmm. What was that shift? So I wanted to be able
1: to reach more people and in a different kind of way. And I particularly wanted to work with in organizations and more professionals. Working with professionals who were geared towards wanting to make positive change, and those people who sort of were what we would typically call sort of type A personalities on the fast track, managing a lot of things, not just women, but often women, who then were feeling like, wow, I'm juggling so many things, and the ball that's falling down or that I never picked up is the one that's the taking care of me ball. Mm. And so I really want to shift that in our society and in the world because I truly believe that as each of us is able to shift out of I'm not good enough or I'm not worth it and into treating ourselves as our own best friend, then suddenly we have so much more to give the world. We're just coming at things from a different place. So everything increases, productivity, happiness, fulfillment. We can actually get more done when we feel more positive and energized. Mm. And so I expanded into that. I still do have a psychology practice. And I have a, a specialty in working with people with complex trauma. So I reserve that because that's an area that I have training and skills, and, and I want to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But I expanded into then coaching and speaking and
0: writing. So what would you, how would you dis- define what it means to be your own best friend?
1: So from my perspective, what that means is treating yourself with a care and consideration that you would treat someone else. It really means understanding that self-care is care of the self. And often when we talk about self-care, we sort of reference things like, oh, I got a massage. or I got my nails done. And those are great things to do. But to my mind, those are techniques of self-care. And so when you're your own best friend, you're also willing to set limits and boundaries. You're willing to recognize that you need to be on your own priority list and make time for that you know what your strengths are as well as your challenges. And you celebrate your strengths, that you're willing to say, hey, I have passions and I get to follow those. It's all of those things. So literally being your own best friend from my perspective means truly engaging in radical care of the self or what I call radical self-care.
0: Yeah. And that's hard for a lot of people, isn't it? There are so many different voices not just in our own heads but in society around us that kind of becomes an obstacle for that path. Absolutely. What are some of the things that you see come up? So
1: people have a lot of shoulds in their head and it's often connected to roles. So if I'm a mom I should be doing A, B, and C. Or as a worker I should be doing X, Y, and Z, or as a spouse. And so as we look at all of the different roles that we negotiate, there's lots of, I think, both explicit and implicit ways that we think, well, how can I choose between all of these? And a friend of mine actually phoned me the other day and said, hey, I'm really stuck between do I do this or do I do this? Like, this is something that's important to my young child, and this is something I've been trying to do for me, and I'm trying to follow the advice. I'm really trying to be my own best friend, but how do I do that?" I'm like, great. So it doesn't mean that you're never making decisions. In this case, my suggestion was to go forward with a thing that was supporting her young child, but also to be planning on how does she generally protect the time that she was setting aside for herself so that it doesn't have to be an either or, and I think that's how we often approach it. I can either be the mom or the spouse or the worker or I can take care of myself, and I'm saying no. When we look at this as one whole big pie, then we get to say, "Hey, there's a lot in there," so we can shift between the different aspects.
0: Mm. So, is that how you say we can swap our beliefs <sighs> for different perspectives, or set, what do you? Yeah. What are your so, swap
1: about that? is something literally I came up with on the train into New York City, where I was just about to give a talk on the topic and all of a sudden I thought, oh, there's an acronym, I love acronyms. So SWAP stands for self-compassion, worthiness, ask and accept help, and positive self-talk. So those are the four particular actions. And so what we need to do is decide that here's a neural pathway, I'm going to decide to commit to doing something. And then after I follow that through, those four steps, then I'll feel that way. This comes up with motivation because people will say, oh, I don't feel motivated. I'm like, right. Mm-hmm. You won't feel motivated until you've built that neural pathway. There's literally science behind it. So take the action, resource the pathway, and then you'll begin to feel motivated. It's about the anticipatory release of dopamine. So self-compassion is really this idea of truthfully saying, everyone is doing the best they can with what they have in the moment mm-hmm. and when we take that perspective particularly towards ourselves then we are decreasing that negative view that we often have and then worthiness I would say that everyone is a person of worth and we don't earn it and we don't have to prove it that's who we are we're born that way asking for and accepting help is critically important to this because when we don't accept help right when we say no because somehow we're judging ourselves then we're not actually able to give help and compassion without judgment. Right? Once we link concepts together they're linked so if we're saying nope, judge judge self I can't accept help or I can't ask for help that judgment gets attached to the help or the compassion we're giving to someone else I say unlink it and practice asking for and accepting help. And then the P, of course, is positive self-talk, as we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. So that's how I think we begin to swap our beliefs. And I like that because I think that we can get the motion in mind behind that. So we're saying, all right, so here's how I'm going to position myself. I'm going to treat myself with compassion. I'm going to understand that I'm worthy. I'm going to be willing to accept support and compassion from others. And I'm going to switch the way I
0: talk to myself and then we're resourcing that road really well. Even as you are, you are iterating those steps, I can feel a shift inside me where I'm feeling more open, more relaxed, more receptive, and getting a little high on life. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> and, and that's an
1: option for us. Yes. You know, One
0: of the things,
1: actually my business card, so I've been working in the field for, I don't know, 20-something years, more than sometimes I want to say, right? My business card has always said on the back, Happiness is a choice. It's work, but it's a choice, Mm. and that's to me entirely keyed into this. Mm -hmm. And people say all the time, no, it's not a choice. Do you think I'd want to feel this way? I'm like, no, I'm not saying that you sit around going, oh hey, I think I'll be miserable today because that'll be fun. But what we don't realize is that we are the people who are fully in charge of our thoughts, feelings, and actions. And we're not in charge, we're responsible for anyone else's thoughts, feelings, and actions. And when you understand that, you're like, wow, it's up to me. So how do I want to position myself? Or how do I want to look at this situation? Right? Where can I learn from this, grow from this? And where can I shift how I've been viewing myself or failure or things like that into, in fact, moving forward? Because that's always an option. Mm -hmm. So you have a couple of books. I do. Tell us about it. So my first book is, uh, which came out a little over a year ago, Own Best Friend, Eight Steps to a Life of Purpose, Passion, and Ease. And that's built around, I told you I like acronyms, the acronym Powers, And so that stands for things like enhance your energy, make more time, practice perspective, own your best self, wake up your inner rock star, envision your purpose, release the doubts and go for it, and shine your light brightly, so you get the sense. So each one of those chapters has specific exercises that people can do virtually, like I said, that are accessible, no cost, and that they can implement in their lives right away. So uh, near and dear to my heart, literally when the books were first de- uh, delivered to my house, I spread them all out over me, took a selfie, I'm like, hey, look, I'm covered in my book, I love my book, it just made me so happy. Um, Because it's pretty exciting to have a book, as you know, but it's also this this opportunity to say, hey, here's some information. Like, this is a way that your life can be different, too. And it's literally Mm -hmm. It's not just, hey, here's a great idea, but you can't put it into place. It's Mm -hmm. totally based in the realistic and the practical, and all of the scientific references are in the book. And then book two that just came out a couple months ago is Be Awesome, Banish Burnout, Create Motivation from the Inside Out. And even though they can be read separately, in many ways, Be Awesome is sort of a deeper look at what are the things that we can do inside to really get ourselves on that path to personal growth and fulfillment.
0: I'm feeling so inspired. Yeah, I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. Where can people find you online?
1: They can go to drchristinahallett.org anytime. Uh, they can certainly find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Again, it's Christina Hallett, PhD, mm-hmm. ABPP. Mm-hmm. And uh, and do you
0: have a, a free download? I
1: do. Uh, people can go to bit.ly slash awesome and through that what they will get is the guide to 10 steps to being stress smart and becoming your own best friend something we all need exactly
0: thank you so much for coming on the show i've gotten so many ideas i'm sure our listeners have as well that's this is so much fun thank you so much for having me i love talking about this Thank you for joining us on today's episode, and if you want to feel stress-free about an upcoming presentation, live or on video, you can download my guided visualization for speaking confidence, www.lindayugolo.com forward slash speaking confidence, and be sure to catch us on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts, music courtesy of Sheik Gamine. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.